Welcome back for part two of QBR Live at the Roundhouse. Uh, we have Ian Holloway with us. This is part two, and it's all over to the audience and wherever Finney decides to interfere. Oh, hang on a second. Ian, you've got to say it again, just for those who missed it. What? Yours. Hail, hail and welcome. <laughs> I've been to Glastonbury. Hail and welcome. Hail and welcome. <coughs> Steve has the first question. <laughs> Come on, Steve. Um, I'm going to, at the risk of sounding a bit like Finney, uh, I want to seriously say thank you very much for particularly the, the, the hard work that you put in first time around when you were down at Rangers. Um, I know, I know uh, when you came to QPR, we, you know, we, we got relegated and the club was in an awful state. The club didn't have a pot to piss in, to be fair. And, and we, you know, we had nothing. And, I, how you turned this around was amazing, but I was just wondering if you could just tell us a bit more about what it was like that season after being relegated to the third tier. You, you know, you actually brought in some some terrific players. I thought, given that we had nothing, you know, mm. Steve Palmer, Alex Bono, Aziz Ben Askard. You know, like I thought they were they were all like really good players. Can you just tell us a bit more about what that was like, starting from basically nothing? It was a little bit awkward sometimes because, you know, when you look at who you're signing and what it sounds like to outside, you know, I had Danny Shitu <laughs> and Doodoo. <laughs> All I needed to sign was Lou Rolls and we had the whole lot, weren't we? But I, w- I, was <laughs> I was very fortunate that I believe we were a great club because of Jerry and I believe we're in a dodgy time which I was used to handling because every, every month I had to go into the board meeting and hear every single bit of drivel about Bristol Rovers. And, what, and really, that was all their problems about the finance and all that. So, you know, I was used to doing that. So when I... The hardest thing was having to explain to a bloke in a suit. Imagine he's got, a, like, an absolutely zinging suit on saying... <laughs> No, he's never owned one, but just trying to imagine it. I know it's hard, but trying to imagine it. And he's, he's telling me that he is going to sort out, and you can't have that. I went, well, I need a goalkeeper. You can't have one. He said, you've got nine players. I said, well, two of them are out all season. He went, yeah, but you can't sign any more because you're already over budget. When you're talking out your backside, we're a football club. We have to fulfill these. So... I realised straight away they didn't know what they were talking about because this is a different thing. We were the first club to go into it. And luckily, my experience of, of Bristol Rovers and how they run it, you know, if we needed a bar of soap, I had to tell them, we need a bar of soap, lads. And they go, what? How much? You know? Footballs. They wouldn't buy us any footballs at Rovers. So, I, what? Oh, yeah, but you've had 30 already. I said, well, we've got 40-odd players. What, what do you want them to kick around with? You know, they're all going to borrow one, are they, or what? Do you know what I mean? It was, like, ridiculous. So it's about your mindset. So it was perfect for me to be there. But it was horrendous. 
And all we kept doing was, and I had to get a mindset team in, right? Jack Canfield is an American fella who does a does a mindset on what you do and how you do and how you you reconfigure your life by being positive, right? If his name was Jack Canfield, it wouldn't work, would it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Hi, my name's Jack Canfield. That means you can't do it. So his name's Jack Canfield. But <laughs> it was... There were some really simple things that helped everybody. Matthew Rose, it really helped Matty. Um, and some of the young lads didn't get it, but some of the older ones did. And, and we sat there for two days, no training. Two days in there, the club. And I, I told him, this is all so negative around, we've got to make sure this mindset, right? Because I believe in two ways to be fit in life, physically and mentally. And at a... At that time, the club wasn't mentally fit. We weren't in a mentally good place. So I tried to help that. But I can honestly say the people that came in at that time, the people that we lost, we, we basically shaved it and closed it and reshaped it. It was a huge tree and then we trimmed it all down. Sometimes you've got to do that and let it grow again. You know, And, and luckily we managed to get enough people that cared about us. Kevin Gallon, Mark Bircham. I'm stuck up for Paul Furlong, right, ex-Chelsea, but he was brilliant and I wanted to get him going again. So, And, you know, they were all close enough because we couldn't pay any, like other clubs did then, to get people in and, and move an allowance. We had none of that. So I, I couldn't do any of it. But all I can say to you, every single day, it was a trial, but it was a joy to me. Because the best play days of my playing days were under Jerry Francis and he deemed me good enough to take to QPR. End of story. Right? Absolute end of story to what I was used to, to where I was going to go, to at 29 and I did it. And do you know what I mean? It was a lifetime's ambition to play in front of you lot. And I know I might not have impressed you like Wilkins did, but that didn't matter. For me, little me, I was trying to be as good as I could be and, and that was it. So the whole thing was special. So for us to be broken and a bloke like Chris Wright, who's massive in business, to have all these problems, I didn't want him to go against you lot and I wanted you to understand him. So I started to start explaining it. So hopefully we are where we are today. We haven't moved ground. Hopefully we'll get that another day, a bigger one, but... We didn't lose the ground. We didn't lose the club. We haven't lost that. And we, you know, we might not be the best we've ever been, but we're still there and we're still fighting. And that gives us a chance. Next question. Hello, uh, John, uh, season ticket holder in the upper loft. Um, this might sound like a dagger to the heart, but imagine your QPR manager next season uh, with oh. no money. Oh. Uh, you've spoken about Ezzy early, earlier and about having patience you know, with young players and Osei Samuel, but if there was a position that you had to fill, goalie, left back, up top, season pro, and you had one position and no money, say for example, who would you go for? Where would you go? What position? Wow. I knew what I needed. I felt I needed a brain up front. And what I mean by that is is someone who understands to move there and then and come short and link. We needed a link player for what I wanted. I didn't need a... Uh, Matt, Matt Smith was really vital to us because our team wasn't that comfortable with it and they used him 
and hit him, and it was simpler. I simplified it, you know, like the cube. If you ever watch the cube, you, you got <laughs> no, you go. This is realistic. This is where I've been in my life. You know, I don't, I don't say this is rubbish. Going out buying five hundred fifty million pound right back to make my team better. I've never been like that. You know, I trust my scouting network to find me one, and I trust. But it's all about the person that we get. So I, I would look up front. If you're going to lose the strikers who have helped us, and you, you're going to have to speculate to accumulate, you're going to have to lose some to 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 make sure. Yeah, it might be Luke. It might it might be Massimo. It might be who knows whoever else you can sell. You're going to need to get some money in to make sure that you can keep moving and and keep operating basically because the rules we have broken so i i don't know how much it is i'm not au fait with it in my time even last summer i might have let luke freeman go for the money that people were talking to me about him and i believed i would have used one of the other young lads to or or have another sign in who i thought we were going to get to come in you know, because I trusted my scouting network and never did I really need to go anywhere because if Gary Penrose told me that bloke's good enough for you all, I knew he meant as a person, you know, as a person he's good enough for me. Now, they're not all going to work, but somehow up front you need to get enough goals that make your defence believe you're not going to be struggling. Because if your defence believe you can't score, then you're in massive, massive trouble. All right? So we got safe this season with the goal scorers we managed to get. And hopefully, Mark will know some that other people don't and bring to us. That's my honest opinion. I would look up front. Right? I'm delighted with Joe Lumley. I think he's... Ingram's a great fella and a great goalie, but Joe sort of usurped him this year, and that's a bit awkward because of the age of the two of them. But, you know, we've got some wonderful, wonderful players. It's about getting a team that can hold its place at least in this level, which is tough as old boots, and try and move forward. But I believe you have to be patient and be very proud of where you are in the championship, let alone trying to get back to the Premiership, because no one deserves to be there. You've got to earn the right to be there. That's what we've always got a little bit wrong. We're a Premier League club, what, with 17,000 people? I don't think so. Don't work that way, does it? You've had it, you were spoiled, and then what a minute, we've got to try and regain that. So, you know, and if you look at Fulham, what a horrendity that was. Spent a hundred million pound in the summer when they didn't even reward the lads that played absolutely out of their skin to get them there in the last 23 games. We managed to get a draw there, didn't we? It was terrific. But what a mistake that is. Who is not listening to who there? So, eh? Made me laugh. Yeah. I don't talk about it. Anyway, we're not going there. But what I'm saying, I know I give horrendous answers, but (laughs) the, the truth is you are only ever as good as your strikers in football. And you should stack them and rack them. Never loan them out, really. Yeah? Young Smith, I hope he comes back and I hope he's in the fold because that kid was a breath of fresh air in my whole life, let alone QPR's life. Cardiff at home, wow, what a debut. Mm. Do you know what I mean? 
doesn't matter where you're from, it's where you're going that matters. So hopefully we'll be fine. Hello, mate. I won't stand too close. I'll either crush my friend, you know, I'm only joking. Um, I was taking up a point you said earlier on, it's about Les Ferdinand, you said it was wheels in motion when, you, when, the, when Steve McLaren was coming in and things were done behind your back. But you say Les Ferdinand is, is a good friend of yours, so he must have had an inkling what was going on being on in with that ball as director of football. The hardest part of Queen's Park Rangers is managing upwards. And Les has got one of the hardest jobs in football. And it's hard because you don't know what to do and where to go and what and and, 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 and he cares so much you I can't tell you how much he cares. And that matters with me. Right? I knew I tried to help him and I knew I needed someone to stop me getting involved with the people above me who need your reaction react to things. I needed Les to do that. They're impossible to control sometimes when they want something really badly and they can't have it. Right? If you own an airline and God knows what else and you can't have what you want, you ain't going to be very nice, are you? No, I mean... I'm no, I'm only being honest. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, right, without saying it. What I'm saying, sometimes people are unmanageable. But you lot have to trust what... Les feels and what he wants to try and produce and he might not be able to produce that because he might not be allowed to do that and that's the hardest thing in football is managing up sometimes now what I'm trying to say to you right now I believe we have harmony coming in this football club right now I wanted to bring harmony right but the way I got the job and how I got it it wasn't harmonious at all Birch helped me get the job because Birch knew someone he could talk to and, and basically almost had it without other people going through the right process. And stupid me said that to them because I didn't want to go against people. So this is what I'm saying. I believe right now the process has been done properly, professionally, correctly. And Les would have had who he's decided to bring and give it a fair chance. That's what I'm saying. Right. I've got one more question just Part, part so if you all start on Les, I ain't going to be happy with any one of you. Well, the next, the next question is goes to Les. Is that fine? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if any one of you turns against Les, <laughs> I actually said the other day, I wanted him to take it. Right? I wanted him to do it because he's got his badges, you know? And it's I, really... I understand, Ollie, I understand that wrong. Sorry about him, but we've talked about the clubs hasn't got a pot of pissing, blah, blah, blah. But we've got a director of football... Why do you need a director of football to sign players when you ain't got no money? I mean, Terry Venables didn't have a director of football. It's a modern he had an, he had an, he had an, he had an Yeah, but we're doing a podcast and we would have never had a podcast before. What I'm saying... <laughs> no, it's, ser- it's serious, isn't it? I'm I've got to come back now. When you told me you didn't know a little bit uh, technology and all that, you know what I mean? Your son does it for you. I don't, I don't agree with it because it almost got me a sack. I mean, come on. What I'm saying, you have to own what you do and you have to... I've always lived in... Les gave me a book and it's called um, Extreme Ownership and I totally believe in it. It's absolutely how I've tried to live, right? And it's very difficult when you're trying to live that way and what you try and push through ain't getting there, right? Because you ain't the main man. Maybe we got too many main men. Who knows? But I'm telling you that everything that drives this football club, I believe, is 
good. Right? It's good intentions. We have got good intentions behind the scenes. We have got it right. We do want to bring young kids through. We do want to. He's one of our own. That's what we want. That's what we need. And I believe it'll be even better now with Mr. Warburton in charge. But you need to make sure you make him as welcome as you made me. Because it doesn't matter if he ever played for us or he cared for us. I believe he might be able to bring the style of football that we want as he did to someone very close to us or we all don't really like. <laughs> Without mentioning them. Brentford. <laughs> Brentford. Are you, are you <laughs> I'm only joking. Are you saying Warburton is a Les appointment? I don't know who's appointed him, but I like it, if that makes sense. Lee, I, who's no, I said <laughs> I don't know who's appointed him. <laughs> <laughs> Not Lee who's appointed him. And I don't care who's done it. The problem is, when you have so many cooks with a wooden spoon in the pot, it's not easy to stir, stir the same way, is it? Right? And I fell foul to that because some of the things I tried to say to you lot, Oi, help me out. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it wasn't my fault that Brentford were pretty well coached and pretty well run and pretty well... Do you know what I mean? It wasn't my fault, but you didn't like that. Right, and when I changed the team because I felt it was right to win the next game, not unless, and we lost, right, and we were losing three 0 I got booed with a hang on a minute. We shouldn't have been three down, should we? But there you go. I tried to get Corker in the team and give him another game, and it was too early for him. And do you know what I mean? A whoa, hang on a minute. It's loyalty, isn't it? Where are we? What are we doing? So what I'm saying is, all day long, all day long, we might have made mistakes, but we're doing it for the right reasons. And I can guarantee you that's how I feel about our club right now. When I left, I didn't feel that way because something happened and I ain't going to mention it, but I could have killed the person who did it because at the end of the day, that isn't right. That's gone. That's history. I can't prove it anyway. I might go to court, I might go to jail, who knows? But I can't prove it. It doesn't matter what I'm saying now. Let's just judge us at the end of the season. And if we have to sell Luke Freeman, right? All I can say to you, I helped be part of that and bring you a profit because the poor people in charge of our football club, when have they ever had a profit from anybody? <laughs> it's cost them 275 million and they're not allowed to do that anymore. So what more do we want? It cost Chris Wright almost his old business, his old family, right? Because we demanded something. It ain't about that. You've got to earn the right to wear that shirt like you got on. And I'm telling you, I'm answering how I want to because you earned the right for me to tell you how I feel. And I respect that. What I'm saying now, I want Mark Warburton to get all of this love that you've got and love the kids who are playing for you and not think, we need a big name to come in here and help us. Because that ain't what we need. We're not about that, young man. What's your name, son? George. It ain't about that, kid. It ain't about where you're from. It ain't about who you've played for before. It's what you're going to do for the hoops. How are you going to play for the R's? That's all that matters. And if you're from Ireland and you walk into training three miles, right, every morning with a bigger smile on your face and trying harder than everyone else, and you should have a rest day and you don't want to rest because you've got this focus, then I wouldn't loan him out and say he's not good enough. It's not right. 
So all I'm saying to you, I don't believe that's going to happen now. I believe we're going to have harmony, right? And it's very, very difficult to get harmony when you have lots and lots of cooks and chefs with little things and opinions. And you can get criticised and you can't handle it the right way. So we've got to be careful what we say about everybody because they're a little bit sensitive. I love them because they want the best for Queen's Park Rangers. Whether that was me in charge or not, I still love them. I still have love and I still share it out and I still want us to see all these kids come into our team and care how old they are, but have you lot behind them. Because some of them have got some skills that I would pay to see myself. And whether we lose or whether we don't, or whether we're up or whether we're not, or whether we're but, 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 doesn't matter. Right? Because you can, in the championship, as Norwich proved, be well run, sort your budget out, sell people like Madison, and still get promoted. Now, I'm not saying we're going to get promoted. I, I'm, I'm saying we're going to have a relegation struggle, if I'm being honest, because financially we are got payments to pay back that are going to be crippling right and we need you right behind us to make sure that in 10 years time this young man George is going to be so proud of his team and celebrating that we have caught up with everywhere else that we want to be all right so if that's dancing around your question I'm not sure whoever it is <laughs> but I am never going to ever slaughter anybody who cares about Queen's Park Rangers. Whether they chose me or got rid of me or not, I know they care about Queen's Park Rangers. So for me, all day long, massive respect. Yeah? You thoroughly, all of you know by the end of tonight who I don't like that was ever, ever connected again? to yeah. Queen's Park Rangers. Or Bristol City. <laughs> Next question. Oh. Can, we have a, can we have a fun question in a minute? There ain't going to be worry, any I'm going to change the subject. This is the real thing. These are the worries that you all have. And sometimes now I wake up and I worry about my family. Right? Because I ain't got a job. Right? So we all worry about Queen's Park Rangers, don't we? That's the truth. So give me all your worries and I'll try and tell you how I feel. And that's what this is about. Otherwise, I've wasted my goddamn time coming up here talking a lot of bullshit. <laughs> is that true? That's so true. get some questions and mean it. Ask me a question you mean and I'll try and tell you. A lot of pressure now. <laughs> Come um, on, Mike. I remember your name, see? Cheers, mate. Mike's got the mic. Uh, so um, you've spoken in the past a lot about things that you've brought from your personal life into football management, such as um, teaching some of the players the basics of sign language. Um, is there anything you might have brought that maybe did or didn't work so well, or anything else? I tried to bring freedom. When, you, when you're good at anything, you have to enjoy what you do, and sometimes when you lose, it's not nice. So I tried to bring freedom, a freedom to express yourself, a freedom to... To, to go and play and, and, and because I totally believe it if you don't enjoy what you're doing you ain't ever going to be any good at it now I didn't always get that right because sometimes it was taken as a uh, a bit lax a bit unprofessional but you know when I took our lads 
Danny Shitu and Birch and all that to the opera. Not the opera, the, the, the ballet. It was, i got to be honest, it was probably one of the worst decisions I've ever made. But it didn't have, imp- it didn't have entertain me because you should have seen their face. They refused to get out of the minibus. And in the end, they were absolutely loving it. But none of us could walk for three days after because the power that they used to, to, to move. I had Danny Shitter with a young lady sat on his shoulder. It was unreal. They loved him because of his legs, you know. But I haven't always got it right. But what I try and do is get a feel for people and what they might need. And to be honest, why it worked at Blackpool, because the owner really didn't care. He didn't care. He wasn't judging me whether I got it right or wrong or, or I was perfect. He didn't really care as long as we didn't go down. So I did some crazy things there. But at the end of the day, Charlie Adam rung up a show that I was on the other day and he went, he's the best man manager I've ever known because I tried to get to him as a person and I needed to find out what made him tick to try and make that, that little gasting you know when you turn that hot tap on what happens with your boiler that's all you do and some of them young lads last year I miss because they were listening they were listening to what I was saying and I was loving every minute of it and I'm a bit jealous because I love that feeling so I got a little bit warped and twisted about not being with you lot but I'm trying to put that right tonight so Please, I believe our new boss, God bless him, hail and welcome. <laughs> I don't it's care. going to be a chant for the North next season. Yeah, hail and welcome, Mark, because I believe he's got right priorities. And when he was doing really well over there with them, um, people didn't listen to him. So I hope that we can get a situation where people listen to him and we work and we move forward and we move forward together. But your importance in all of that, I cannot stress that you understand where we're going and what we're trying to do and you're told the truth so you will be there with them no matter what. Right? Leave your egos at the door and QPR will be fantastic in the future, I believe. Okay. Thank Next you. question. So you're basically saying Warburton's the best thing since sliced bread. Oh, don't, Chris! Sorry. Don't, sorry. don't! 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 Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's, it's not going to be... Absolutely, that, totally sorry. poor joke. He's not going to have any dough to spend. He's got no dough to spend. That's another one. Yeah, <laughs> don't rise to it, Ian. Just don't, don't rise. He might be toast this time next year, though. Oh, for frick's sake, sorry, stop it. Sorry. Don't ask him what he needs, either. <laughs> uh, next question. I don't call him Warburton. That's rude. I call him Mark. Yeah. And his what? name's Paul. <laughs> that's the other Paul. Let's just not wrap that one up. Shocking. No, Arky, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Just first of all, um, you're completely right in what you say about Rangers. Um, I've got two sons. One doesn't actually give a shit about the club he, 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 he come, he's comes along to games and puts what, his scarf he still scarf lives round. with you I'd get I know, him out of the house no, <laughs> I take the games he puts the scarf round his waist and says it's a skirt but that's the other son will literally wants to come to every single game and drive two three hours from Coventry just because he loves Rangers and every week says I want to be there I want to be there and, and, and they're a, we're a brilliant club but 
you've played for us when we were at our best and you've managed us in the two really difficult situations. I believe you should be inducted into the um, Forever Ours. If... With Steve McLaren. Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. Sorry about uh, that. If, if you were asked to do that, would you come along and, and um, would you accept that and would you, would you want to be there, you know, etc.? I'm absolutely blown away, to be honest. Um, again, I told you my strength and my weakness and this emotion, and you caught me on the op there. You know, for me to to have ever even dreamed that I might play for Rangers one day, and then look back on my life and see that I've not only played for them, I was manager of them twice, is unbelievable. But for you to ask me to consider doing that is, uh, I don't know what to say. It's such an honour and such a privilege. It's just unbelievable. Well, the club needs to do it, and I feel it needs to happen. And I think people need to be able to say a proper... You know, I, I was at Leeds last year, and you know, a few of us thought maybe you were going, and we gave you a damn good round of applause, you and Mark Bircham. Mm. But actually, I, I feel the club needs to actually give you a proper good send-off and a proper actually show what you've done for us in three different occasions and actually give you the credit that's deserved. A runner. Would he um, be, what was his name? Um, David Moorcroft. All right. Olympic athlete. Yeah. Would, would, would he have beat him in a race, do you reckon? Um, I reckon Ian would have won on short distances, but my dad might have won on long distances. So, yeah. We should arrange that, shouldn't we, one day? Like? <sighs> I, lost and do you know what? I lost once. My dad actually texted Dennis me. Wise, once. Dennis Wise beat me. Uh, in a, what? Dennis Wise beat me in a. Did he chop you up? Cross you country. No. no, no, he was phenomenal, to be <laughs> fair. But I sent a picture on him to my dad and he said, um, he said, proper good guy, was what I actually said. So, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, cool. That's an Olympic gold athlete. Just, just for anyone listening, uh, Ollie, Finney stepped in there because Ollie was basically reduced to tears by, by what was just said. Um, as he said, he's a very emotional guy and I think that's just got you a little bit there, hasn't it, mate? No, it's, um, you, it's, it's weird. Life's, life's very strange. You... you you wake up and you look in the mirror and that's you and you can't do much about it, whether you like it or not. That's it, isn't it? I don't know that No, I didn't have many mirrors in my house, to be honest. <laughs> I got a hooter like this and I, got, I run in a strange way and the shirts never did me proud because I got a slight rounded shoulder and those I look like a turtle on my back half the time. <laughs> but all I ever tried to do was what my dad and my mum told me to do, which is be the best you can be and be proud of that and, and, and just keep going because life's tough isn't it life really is tough and you know and, and I've got grandchildren now and I look at them and I try and inspire them every day by being there for them and, and, and it's not easy but when you have someone to believe in 
like we have a football club and a colour and and it's unique. It's it's unreal, isn't it? You know, and, and what you want is young fellas like George who stood there waiting to speak. And I'm going <laughs> to shut up now because he's got a red mic and I'm going to go on a bit longer because how can he have a red mic afterwards? <laughs> but you want them to carry on in the future. And at the minute, in this country, where's it, where's it all going? You know, we've got a Brexit going on and no one's getting... We're not Brexiting at all. We might have another vote. How can you have another vote? It's just madness, isn't it? So come on, George, help me out. <laughs> Give me a question, my young friend. So, so George is one of our youngest listeners, listens every week, 11 years old, always asks the best questions. So over to you, George. you got the smartest top I've ever seen. That should it. be our away kit, shouldn't it? Instead of that pink. <laughs> uh, you were saying on how important the youngsters will be in the future. I personally rate writer Zoe Samuel. How important do you think he'll be and how good do you think he'll be going in? Wow. What a question, young Great man. Question. He's very good, isn't he? He's excellent. You should have a... He'll be up here next year. Whatever you want to either play for us, right? <laughs> either play for us or make sure you get a career in uh, the media because you absolutely bob on there. The boy needs help because he doesn't believe in himself enough. And that's a very common fault in human beings. He's not arrogant. He's not um, up himself. He's just a very, very well-grounded, nice young man. And he found it difficult wearing that badge that you got on your shirt, right? He found it difficult because we can be a little bit. And he wasn't that confident in his his own ability. I believe that will grow because he's absolutely lightning quick. His pace is unbelievable. But he's got to learn how to use that. Sometimes he keeps the ball too close to him. He needs to play it or get... And, and run away from the ball sometimes, you know. And some of these wide men who are wingers, they just want to try and get it. So as long as he learns how to move away from the ball, what to do, and to believe in himself when he gets it, I believe if you lot help him, he could be one of the best players QPR have ever had. The problem is keeping hold of him because he's got lightning pace, and I believe... He's better than this level. I believe he can play in the Premier League. So I hope he does it. I'm delighted that he's got a chance at the end of the season. He might be a slow burner, but what a wonderful young man. And do you know he played in exactly the same team at school as Izzy Abire and Fred Onyedimma. Now, what a front line that must have been. <laughs> All the best. They won everything going as school in the school competitions. So I've been fortunate enough to manage them all, son. So where do you play? What position? Uh, right back, mainly. Right back. Oh, David Barsley then, hopefully. You like <laughs> David Barsley? <laughs> hey, George what? What's your last name? Sharp. George Sharp. I like that. Yeah. That's got a bit of a twang to it. They could play for coming a Ranger. Georgie Sharp right back for us. Thanks, son. I just wanted to add as well, you deserve more than anyone to be inducted into the Forever Prize. Oh. Yeah, well said, George. Well said. Before, before, before we go to any more questions, can everyone give George a round of applause? He's a kid, he just did that. Yeah. 
I, I reckon we've got time for two more quick questions. Is... <laughs> quick, yeah. Here we go. It says, last train, 10.30, shut yeah. your mouth. I don't want to get in trouble with Mrs. That Holloway. Me. Hi, Ian. Obviously, you're a QBR legend. You've played for us, managed us. But who is your top 11 in terms of the players? Oh, hang on a minute. Who, 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 side. What time did you say that trade was? Let's, let's, can, we, can we reduce it to a five-a-side team? <laughs> OK, I'll reduce the five. In terms of who you played with, who you've managed, five-a-side. Oh and go. Oh, God. Oh, my God. No, he can't play for us. <sighs> yeah, he wouldn't be good enough to get in my team. <laughs> Um, wow, what a question that is. I mean, I, I, I'm privileged to have, to have played and managed all sorts of players, and, and I don't want to disrespect. If you'd have given me a, a week to think about that, I probably would have still been mulling it over, but I'll try and do my best. Um, right back, David Barsley, like an absolute machine. Um, strange fella. <laughs> No, he was a strange fella, never believed in himself enough, but what a, he was a machine. I'd never seen balls get played out to him, and his first touch always was just perfect, you know, and his free kick, everything. But he, his banter was rubbish. <laughs> his dress sense was awful. Um, so I'm going to put him right back. Yep. Clyde Wilson left back yeah, for me. Yeah. Um, what a bloke, what a player, what a genius with the football but he never he wanted to play midfield not left back so stroke of genius from Jerry um, I'm going to put Danny Shit who sent Raf for me I, I, I fell out with him a few years ago at Millwall but to me the bloke was brilliant I loved him um, and his shot from the halfway line that hit the bar and bounced back to him was pretty sensational <laughs> um, I could go for Macker Alan McDonald, but me and me and him used to argue all the time um, but I loved him but whether I was accepted by him from where I came from who knows but I'm going for 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 Danny Shitu at one I'm going to go with Darren Peacock the long haired lunatic he looked like <laughs> he went to Newcastle he had one leg shorter than the other he was a Bristolian but never had my accent but I thought the kid was sensational um, so that's me back four in goal I'm going to go for Jan Stasekill yeah. yep, yep, I used absolutely. to call him Jan Stasekill <laughs> and yeah. he used to come in and say Capital Radio 95.8 FM Radio <laughs> because he, and he could he could read better than I could but he couldn't speak English so I said just copy the radio and he went Capital Radio <laughs> it's not going to help you honestly it's not going to help you and I've got to tell you we went to a, a, a pre-season tour and, and he swam Holding up, holding up a, a, one of these cones, right? And he, because he was in the army, so that was his rifle. He was holding up, and he swam, and I tried to swim like, and he beat me with just one arm. The bloke was a, he was a genius, and it, honestly, he was such a nice man, and he never felt he was good enough. Brilliant goalkeeper. But I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, we replaced yeah. him with an American, and, he, and he never Summer. did any good, did he? Unfortunately, he was a nice man, but rubbish. Anyway. <laughs> now he might say I was rubbish but I'm just saying Jan Stasekill in goal right Tony Roberts will kill me but I'm telling Jan Stasekill I loved him um, let's move into midfield so it looks Ray like Wilkins. we are going for the 11 Ray Wilkins yeah. <laughs> yeah. all day long Ray Wilkins as a man as a player everything about him he shared 
his humility, he shared his skills, he was something else as a human being. And unfortunately, life never helped him because it was like a hidden secret. So God bless his family, God bless him. He made me believe I was good enough to play for QPR. And I thank you for that, Razor. What a man. Um, I'm going I'm to throw Luke Freeman in next to him, right? I could put Massimo in there, but I'm going to throw Luke Freeman in that, in that midfield role. The team might not work, but I'm going to do that. <laughs> Who cares? You know, because it don't matter. This is a bit of fun. And then up front, I'm going to go Paul Furlong. Yeah? I'm going to put Kevin Gallon just yeah. behind him. Yeah. Birch will kill me, but he ain't in it. <laughs> no, he'll kill me, but he ain't in it, but... I would have him for spirit because he never believed it, you know. So then I've got to get two wingers, haven't I? Oh, my God. Andy MP, I've got to put Andy MP out there oh, because... Yeah. And then Trevor Sinclair, the other side. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Ooh, Andy Sinton. Ooh. 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 Sinclair, Sinton, Sinclair, Sinton. Um, One each half, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But listen, we've been spoiled, haven't we? Right? And I've not even gone back to Jerry's time because where is Stan Bowles? He should be there. Jerry Francis should be centre midfield. Do you know what I mean? And isn't it wonderful? We can talk about waxing lyrically all these players. Do you say Clive Allen? I just, he's Tottenham to me because he scored all them goals at Tottenham. Why did he go to Tottenham? Bradley Allen, I'm thinking of Bradley. You know what I mean? Can I ask you a question though? Why would you not put yourself in that team? He's too modest. It's not that. Hey, no, 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 no. You, when you look at yourself, you always think that you ain't good enough. That's a human trait, unless you're Ibrahimovic. And you know you're good enough. The fact of life is, the secret to life is wanting it all. And, and the reason is, we don't believe that we've got it. And if you actually look at it, we've got it. If you, if you value what's important, we've all got it right now. That's the truth. So your question, I could probably stay here for three days. <laughs> But you've got red on, so go and sit down. <laughs> <laughs> so would you make Jerry We're, Francis a manager? With... What do I want? Would you make Jerry Francis a manager this five or so? I don't, the, yeah, all day long. Uh, we, we don't have a final striker going alongside Paul no. Furlong. Paul Furlong, I, did I say Kevin Gallon just off? Oh, yeah. you said Kevin Gallon. Okay. You could have Gary Bannister. Glenn Good Brown. team. No, no, all of those. I'm just saying, for me, Kevin Gallon was brilliant. I, I've left out Martin Rowlands, who was brilliant for me. Yeah. Mark Bircham was brilliant for me. Do you know what I'm saying? It, 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 we, we have been... I think Rowley was probably the most unrated bloke that we've ever had. And if I played the way that I played at Blackpool, can you imagine what my team would have done? You know what I mean? I had like Gareth Ainsworth stood out there, Lee Cook on the, on the left-hand side, who was a goddamn genius, Furlong out the middle, Kevin Gallon off of there, maybe Bircham and Rowlands, mate. Do you know what I mean? Unbelievable. We'd have had... Because my full-backs were real full-backs then. They defended rather than attack. And when I went to Blackpool, I thought, no, no, we're going to defend by attacking. So I had, luckily, Seamus Coleman going Did forward. One player I thought could have done better for us, but we never got a chance to see him, was Ben Aziza Scar. His, his wife never settled in this country. The bloke was absolutely brilliant. He was. He was amazing. On and off the field, but his wife hated London. She hated it. She wanted to go home. And I'll tell you what, lads, listen to Mrs. because she's right. <laughs> she's always right. You don't agree with her, but she is. I'm sorry. She is. Uh, last question of the night. 
Don't leave it to Vinny. So someone else volunteered to come harsh. up. For, mm, deserved. Uh, anyone who wants to ask the final question to Ollie. Johnny. That wasn't a fix at all, Johnny. How are you? You right? Hi, Johnny. Hiya. Uh, can I take this just back to a uh, football question? So um, a lot of um, sort of young managers or new managers, the coaches coming into the game, be also at Leeds, you'd hear a lot about what goes on at Leeds and players getting texts of their good and bad bits of games. The question is really sort of from a QPR perspective, how cutting edge are we and what are we not doing that we sort of could be doing? Um, and do you think we're getting the best out of what we've got? I think we have to just make sure we're harmonious on and off the field. And if we can be harmonious and, and stop reacting, the biggest problem with QPR is we've reacted to things, I believe. We have to be... You have to know that certain things will happen. You have to try and build a base of how you play. You have to then trust each other to do that. And some days... What's going on here? I don't know, sorry, but sorry. there's a lot of movement behind me. I nearly elbowed him then because I don't trust what's happening. Anyway, <laughs> no, seriously, I, old-fashioned midfielder, I'm going to elbow him. Um, we have to trust more, right? Because the game is moving forward. You have to be able to, to compress the game. You have to then dominate the ball. You have to move the ball into areas where you're overloading the opposition. You have to be able to overload them when they have it and win it back very quickly. And you have to be modern. I believe we're trying to do all those things. I saw all of that happening when I was the manager, and I tried to please them enough to keep me in control. But I've got no doubts whatsoever that we will prevail, providing all of you trust in the system. Now, I can understand why you might not, because we have fluctuated very badly we've spent money we've overpaid people they haven't been the right people we haven't got the right it's the structure you get underneath that and at Brentford they played Moneyball now I don't know if you've read the book or looked at it or Moneyball it's fine you're talking about stats right I put in place a structure if they listen to it through Gary Penrose and if they keep him I believe we will get good players Young Smith cost us 60 grand. Let's be fair. What can you get for 60 grand in football these days? Right? Honestly. That boy, to me, is fresh as a summer breeze. And he came into us not believing he was good enough for us. And I tried to reassure him. And all of a sudden, some other nugget loaned him out. Right, that's the last thing that boy needed. I watched him play for, for Accrington Stanley against Sunderland. He scored one and made one. He was a breath of fresh air. What on earth's going on? But who's, who takes any notice of me? Nobody. So, my wife is right. Shut your face. Be happy with what you got, and get on with it. Right. So I totally trust in QPR, and I would like to finish tonight because I'm going to miss my train. And I'm going to say, say, hail and welcome. (laughs) To the west, to the north, to the east, to the south. 
Hail and welcome. We need all the elements to make us keep believing in this wonderful football club. And the bloke who has made me believe that more than anything is... How old are you, son? 11. He's 11. He's young George over there. Because our club belongs to him and his children and his grandchildren. And I, do you know what? I'm no. totally confident that we will be there through that together. And I try and truly say to all of you who've put a wonderful effort in coming tonight, thank you. Thank you for whatever, whether you moaned at me, whether you didn't, it doesn't matter. Thank you for Queen's Park Rangers Football Club. It belongs to you, and I want it to move forward for you. And just please show some trust, because it's not easy being as big a club as we are and trying to please all of you that has happened in the past. That has been our downfall. So get behind the young lads. Make sure you, if they're not doing it, you don't moan about them. You try and encourage them. And I believe we will be there for another hundred years, at least. Just before we go, I just uh, on a personal note, um, I, many years ago I did a column with Ollie for the BBC and I spoke to him every week. Um, he was at Plymouth to start with where he was so brilliant that Leicester took him on. Leicester didn't go quite so well. Uh, on the eve of the final game of the season, I don't know if you'll remember this, um, my daughter was born and she had a few problems. She was in hospital. Uh, it was the eve of the final game when eventually Leicester unfortunately went down, but he took the time out to ring me and ask how she was doing in the eve of the biggest game of his life. So that's the measure of the man. So thank you very much. Before we go, this is my thank you, all right? Um, Ian, we've never had someone to come on the podcast who's had so much passion, cried, laughed. You're one of us. You'll always be one of us. Thank you so much for Hillsborough. Thank you so much for coming back twice when no one else would do it. And I'm so sorry you were sacked for Gordon Leave, and I'm so sorry how you would be sacked by the club, but we will always respect you because you're one of us. Thank you. Here we are.